0: TheWellnessCouch.com streaming wellness into your lives.
1: This is that Paleo Show with your hosts Stephanie Wozalik, Dr. Yana James, and Dr. Brett Hill.
2: Welcome to that Paleo Show, making the Paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Stephanie Waslick. I'm Dr. Yana James. And
0: I'm Dr. Brett Hill.
2: And this week we thought we'd address one of the questions that we've been getting on the Facebook page, which is, is paleo safe for my kids? Um, by my kids, I mean your kids. I don't have kids. My kids. <laughs> so, yeah, our kids. Kids in general. Um, and, you know, in kind of doing a little bit of sleuthing around for this episode, I came across the website um, paleoplan.com and they actually asked an even better question which is is eating a western diet safe for kids <laughs> that's a very good question yeah. an excellent point
0: I think it's a great question and you know I, I obviously get asked this sort of stuff a lot because I have got two kids you know two and four years old and, and they have been raised on the paleo diet, almost exclusively on the paleo diet, probably not 100% because I'm not always in control and sometimes they get fed other stuff by grandparents and those sort of things, but but almost exclusively on the paleo diet. And so I'm always getting all of those questions, you know, and, and often it's just the classics like, well, what about dairy? They're not getting any dairy, you know, what about, they're not getting enough, you know, they're not getting any grains, that could be a problem, you know. So, um, you know, I'm very <laughs> used to getting all these sort of questions and suggestions and helpful advice from people about what we're feeding the kids and... You know one of the things I find that comes up a lot and I was actually asked this on um on Facebook recently as well is well don't you feel guilty about not letting your kids have all these other non-paleo things? And and my answer to that was well firstly no <laughs> and and secondly well I would actually feel guilty about feeding my kids stuff that I knew was bad for them right yeah. like if I was actually consciously feeding my kids stuff and knowing what I know about some of these foods about the inflammatory response they can have in their body about the links to diabetes and obesity and brain function and development and you know, I would feel really bad if I was consciously feeding them a whole bunch of stuff that actually wasn't good for them and wasn't helping them.
1: Yeah, it's a bit like, you know, we did our episode a couple of weeks ago about alcohol. Um, you know, and there's that sort of argument that one glass of red wine a night is an okay thing. You wouldn't go and feed it to your kid because it's an okay thing, would you? It's the same sort of thing Like you know that there's side effects. You know that there's an impact from that food. You're not going to go and give it to them when you know how bad that can be definitely also from um from an addictive standpoint you don't want to start that stuff up as young as you know when they're being born or whatever age they are if you can save them from being addicted to a substance that's not going to do them any good in the future and in the long term then why wouldn't you do it
2: yeah and I- I guess I kind of look at this like, um, or maybe other parents look at it. Well, I'm not a parent, again. <laughs> um, <but laughs> As, no um, news for you over in Canada, they mom. Yeah, but, uh, you know, some people might look at this and say, oh, well, aren't you just being over-paranoid? Aren't you being over-protective? And I know so many times in society now it's like, oh, my kid can't go outside. Don't let the kid eat dirt. Don't let the kid, like, fall down. Because that's mm-hmm. being, you know, really, really over-protective. But... Um, I don't see that the same way with food. I think it's all about their actual development and as a responsibility of the parent to make sure your kid's developing properly.
0: Yeah, and I think that comes down to a difference in, in how you're explaining and how you're talking to your kids about this. So what you're not trying to do is teach your kids that they can't eat certain things. Like It's not like you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do that. You're saying, well, but you can choose to do whatever you want. You know, th- Eating is a choice, and this is why you would choose to do it this way. And I think that's a, a subtle distinction, but a really important one is that you need to talk to your kids about how to love eating healthy food, not how to have to eat healthy food. Mm. Um, and I think that subtle distinction is really important. You know, One of the best books I've, I've read on this, and, and it's certainly not a paleo book, if you have a look at her recommendations around what to eat, um, it's certainly not paleo, so maybe just skip over that last little section. But, <laughs> but in terms of how to get your kids to eat, um, you know, or how to get your kids to want to, or even better, to love to eat healthy food. It's fantastic. And so there's this book called um, Don't Tell Them It's Healthy. Um, I'm actually having a blank about the author's name right now, but I'll come back to that maybe in a sec. Um, but uh, but her book, Don't Tell Them It's Healthy, is just brilliant. Um, and it really goes into that whole concept of teaching kids how to love to eat healthy. And the key to this, I guess, is figuring out what motivates your kids. Um, you know, Very often, um, parents want to get their kids to eat healthy because of The reasons the parents want the kids to eat healthy and that might be like i want you to eat healthy because i want you to maintain a healthy weight or i want you to eat healthy because i know you're going to avoid chronic disease later on in life right (laughs) and if you're a kid that's not the sexiest reason to want to do something right
2: yeah and most adults don't even buy
0: into that yeah exactly Exactly. so that's not going to motivate you so so what you got to do is talk to your kids about what your kids love doing like what really inspires them what floats their boat and obviously that changes a lot in different age groups right so you know, when I look at my kids and they're like two and four, right? they're pretty simple. You know, they want to be able to like jump high. They want to be able to run. F- I do not mean it's simpler that way. <laughs> but you know, they want to be able to jump high. They want to be able to run fast. They want to have big muscles. They want to be smart. Like, And so if you just talk to them about foods and say, hey, look, this food is going to help you grow big muscles. You know, this is going to really nourish your body and you'll get big muscles. They think that's pretty cool. And they think it's even cooler if... They can like eat the food and then show me their muscles. And I go, wow, that's awesome. Look, it's working already, which is kind of a <laughs> bit of a white lie, but it's a good one. And so, and so we talk to them about how this food is having a positive effect on them and why they should love to eat this food because it fits in with the things that they love doing. And so then it becomes them, they're choosing to eat this food, not feeling like they have to eat this food. And I think the key to that is then that affects, you know, it, it's teaching them a different paradigm around health and a different paradigm around food. And so people often say, well, what happens when they grow up? Like, What happens when you're not around to talk to them about, you know? But, but hopefully, what I'm hoping is, one, that we're showing them um, how to make an informed choice and, and how to make a choice for the right reasons and to choose to eat healthy rather than have to eat healthy. Because if I'm not there, they're still going to choose to get what they want to get out of life. Um, the second thing is that I'm really hoping that we're setting them up for a, you know, a point of reference, so that they will actually know what eating healthy is, they're going to know what feeling healthy feels like, so that later on, if they do choose to go you know, and eat different stuff, and they may well, and I'm going to be completely okay with that. Like, no, my... you won't be. No, you won't be. Yeah. <laughs> okay with that from the point of view that I will still be letting them know what I think. Like, as in, I will be saying, this is how that food affects you. Like, like my thing is about giving them the information so that yeah. they can make an informed choice. So, I will definitely not hold back giving them the information, but I will be telling them, look, it's your choice. If you want to eat that, you can eat that. And what, and also talking about the consequences. So, what you can expect then is X, Y, Z.
1: And in addition to that, you've done your very best to give them their information, so you're going to be okay with the fact that at least yeah. you've informed them to the best of your ability as a parent as well. Exactly. I mean, I think it's interesting you say it's a little bit of a white lie when you say, you know, oh, look at that, it's working Already, but the reality is it's instantaneous, right? You eat that food, your body's going to start digesting it and turning it into muscle, even if you can't see they've grown muscle, it is still working straight away. So, it's not that much of a white lie, Dr. Brett. Um, That book, Don't Tell Them It's Healthy, is actually by Karen Fisher. We've got it in our um, lending library. I should know, I mean, it's Fisher spelt the way that my maiden name was, but anyway, um, (laughs) as Dr. Brett Brett said, it's a really good book. Maybe not the dietary advice there, but definitely the concepts around it. Um another one that often comes up and this comes up kids and adults is well if you're not eating your grains and legumes where are you getting your fiber from and where are you getting your calcium from right and um Rob Wolf has done an excellent post on this, and it is actually in his um, Paleo Diet Solution. Wait,
0: wait. The
1: Paleo sorry. Solution. The Paleo Solution. Um, talking about the fact that you actually get a lot more fiber from vegetables and from um, mm. than you do from your grains and, and legumes. So there is no need to worry about them getting all bound up and constipated. It's not going to happen if, if you're giving them those good vegetables and fruits they're definitely going to be getting plenty of fiber and soluble fiber which is really more important than that insoluble fiber too yeah
2: and and his article on his website it's called kids paleo and nutrient density so just with that title you can really see that um, a lot of a lot of thought has gone into and and he cites all sorts of research studies in that post just comparing the actual like standard diet to um, a typical paleo diet
0: yeah so when we talk about nutrient density, I guess this takes me back to I guess the start right and, and so let 's go right back to the start with kids and, and parents who've got little kids um, obviously you know ideally the very start will be breastfeeding, and, and thats that 's brilliant and that 's good um, and obviously if you 're doing paleo diet and breastfeeding, then that 's great because you 're getting really good nutrients and nutrient density into your food, which is going to be really provide really good nutrient density into your breast milk, which is mm-hmm. really important uh, so that 's the start but I guess the next step is when you start introducing solid foods and to be quite honest I was shocked when we got to the stage of like you know looking towards introducing solid foods to our kids because I started reading all the information that's out there I started talking to all the other parents about what they did and I was just I was dumbfounded that, that the foods that they were all giving them is basically like Farax, is rice cereal is Rusks basically it was just like four or five different variations of purely processed carbohydrate like white carbohydrate and, and, and grain based and you know all of those things, and I just could not believe that that was the first food, and that's what people thought was the best first food to start giving their kids and It just did not make any sense to me at all I and mean, If we talk about nutrient density, I mean they are so poor nutrient wise particularly if you talk about nutrient density per calorie i mean they're, they're so calorie dense and so nutrient poor that it just it just blew me away, um, particularly when you start looking at the other options that are there, like if you look at something like a nice soft avocado. You know that's about as close as you're going to get, like um, texture-wise, to the breast milk. Um, and particularly if you start doing that, you can mix that in with the breast milk, and that's just a brilliant way to start. But you know, and even just you know, pureed foods, pureed fruits, pureed vegetables, pureed proteins, you know, meats, even nuts, if your kids are okay with that. You know, a lot of the research says that. The best time, best thing to do with nuts and allergies is actually to introduce them earlier. Um, I just read a study recently said the same thing about eggs, that actually the best way to avoid an egg allergy is to introduce cooked eggs, particularly they were suggesting in this study, to introduce cooked eggs into their diet earlier. So, you know, just... Real food. Like, seriously, it's not that hard. It's crazy to think that these artificial, processed, white foods that are so nutrient poor are going to be the best thing to transition your kids to.
2: Yeah, and like, we know that that's the, well, it's one of the most important stages of development as well. And like, they're still developing, even though they're not in the womb and you're not feeding them breast milk anymore, they're still going through massive, massive development, and you literally are not giving them the building blocks. Blocks to build their body,
0: yeah, and and to build rice, their brain. I mean, just, think yeah, about how really much fat that. is in those foods, right? Yeah. There's basically like none, and these kids need a lot. Of, that's why breast milk is so high in fat and healthy fats because it's vital for developing and building brains and nervous systems.
2: Yeah. Um, oh, I I was gonna say something else, but I was just thinking of an episode I listened to of. Um, latest in paleo with angeli angelo coppola and he was talking or he he cited an article or something talking about giving um statins to babies because their cholesterol level is like through the roof and this is just I, look again i don't have all the information for this i just remember listening to this about a year ago it blew me away but it makes sense like going back to the cholesterol conversation like what is the most pure form of food ever? And of course that's breast milk. And if that's high in cholesterol, you can't tell me that's not normal or natural or whatever. It's not good for you. But what I was going to say was just, um, Chris Kressler said something and I, I actually didn't know this. I thought it was really interesting, but that in the first year of life that babies are actually better able to digest protein than carbohydrates. Hmm. So that kind of leads us to understand about that brain development and stuff. Um, and how giving them grain products as their first food isn't necessarily the best thing, especially for their digestion. And that's um, from his resource called the Healthy Baby Code. Nice. Yeah, so. yeah, um,
1: and definitely, you know, coming back to babies' first food that we see advertised in supermarkets, things like Farax and that um, um, rusks and that sort of thing. Look, you know, from my own experience, I know that. As soon as I started having carbohydrates again, even um, complex ones like legumes and chickpeas, I did a course and and that was part of what was on the menu because it was vegetarian food while I was there. As soon as I started having that, I craved sugars again and it set up my whole addictive pathway. Um, And in addition to that, babies actually don't have the... Taste sense of sweetness when they're born. So the, the earlier you introduce it, the earlier they develop it. The more part, or the the stronger that pathway is in their brain. The more they want it. So you really want to be delaying that sugar as late as possible. Which you know, for me, when I have children one day, um, there's no question of what I'll be feeding them. They'll be on a paleo diet. No questions asked. There will be no arguments about <laughs> that at all. Um, but for me, I'm, I suspect I'm going to be delaying fruits later than what what would be anticipated i'm definitely going to be going down the veggie and meat pathway and and down the avocados i think that's an excellent way of starting um and really you know limiting fruit because again fruit is nature's candy and i want to give them the stuff that's nutrient dense there's nothing in fruit that you can't get from vegetables so that's where i intend on starting um and that that's particularly from as i said my my um past and having had those addictive pathways going on and and knowing that that's something that I don't want to set my children up to have to face later on in life. Mm
2: -hmm. Well, maybe that leads us into, um, leading by example. So Mm. let's say you have kids and you've just kind of found out about paleo. Um, it's really not something you can expect them to do, uh, (laughs) <laughs> until until you've really implemented it yourself. So you can't have, you know, their plate of food and your plate of food sort of thing. It has yeah. to be a congruent thing. And even that leading by example, like leading first, and even if the rest of your family isn't on board, the longer you lead by example, the more your kids become interested Or so I hear. Um. (laughs) It's
0: it's definitely true. And like kids aren't stupid. Like kids are really clever. If you're doing one thing and saying another, they see through you like you would not believe. Uh. So it just doesn't work. No matter how clever you think you're being, no matter how much you think you're sneaking it in when they're not looking, like trust me, your kids are seeing through you and Uh. they know when you're not congruent with what you're telling them. They have like the best lie detective you've ever seen (laughs) And, and they're all over you. Like so you do have to lead by example. If you want to make this change, you've got to be the change that you want to see in your family. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about, I guess, was the whole concept of um, sometimes foods and rewards and like party foods and all those sort of things. Because I think this is probably one of the most important steps that you've got to get right with your kids because of the way this can has the potential to set them up for the whole rest of their life. All right? And so... If you're using foods as a reward, if you're using particularly unhealthy foods as a reward, if you're using unhealthy foods for special occasions, for really fun times, then you've really got to think about what you're teaching your kids when you do that, right? So what am I telling my kids? Am I telling my kids that if you want to have fun, then you should eat at a fast food restaurant? You know, am I telling my kids that If you want to feel loved, then you should go and eat like junk food. Am I telling my kids? You know, you've got to think about what these links you're creating in your kids' mind because that is just so important. And that doesn't mean that you can't have fun, that doesn't mean you can't have a party with great food. It just means that you've got to be conscious about. When you do it, you've got to be conscious about how you talk to your kids about it. So this might mean instead of saying, we're going to have this food because it's fun and it's a celebration and we want to have a really fun day, right? You might say, look, we're having these foods as a one-off. Like, this is an exception. And the reason we don't do it all the time is that we know that if we eat these foods all the time, then we're going to get sick and tired and grumpy or however you explain that to your kids. It's, it's a really subtle difference. And people can be out there going, oh, what's the difference? You basically said the same thing twice, right? But it's a massive difference in terms of the links you're creating in your kids' brains.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it 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 just reminds me of when I was a kid playing netball, and if our team won, we got vouchers for mm. a certain fast food restaurant. Of you mm-hmm. know you've won, you've done this healthy outdoorsy thing, let's go on, so you full of crap. It just doesn't make sense. Um, Brett, you often talk about um, when, when uh, Tom's Nana took him out to a cafe, <laughs> and I love this story, so I'm going to get Brett to tell it again, but Tom, uh, Brett's mother-in-law took Tom out to a cafe, and so goes the story, Brett. Yeah,
0: so I'm going to preface this by saying that, look, you know, I've got some, the grandparents are really supportive in our household. Yes, like i I've, I've probably spent quite a bit of time, you know, talking to them and informing them to help them make them informed choices, and they're pretty good. Like, they're pretty much on board. Most of the time, they're really doing the paleo thing, and, and I'm really proud of what they've done and how they're supporting the kids, um, but but there are other, there are times when that doesn't happen, I know as well, and that's Okay. Uh, but I know this one particular time, uh, my mother-in-law was horrified that Tom went into this cafe and uh, and she suggested that he get chips. Um, and Tom's answer to her, which which I think Dom found paralytic, was that he didn't want chips because he knew those chips were going to make him feel tired and grumpy. And, <laughs> and I, I, It's just a really cool example of, of just if you can teach your kids why, then, then the results will follow. right? If you teach them they have to, then as soon as you're not there, they're going to make a different choice. But if you can teach them the why... And particularly if you can show them how it affects them long term and and use the examples. Like if you have a day when they eat stuff that you think is perhaps not ideal and then they're grumpy the next day, point it out to them. Like yeah. told them, hey, remember how I said yesterday that you could eat that food if you wanted to, but it might leave you feel tired and grumpy tomorrow? You know how you're feeling tired and grumpy today? Do you think there might be a link there? Like, and just talk to them. Ask them questions. Help them come up with these answers in their own head. Help them draw the links between what they're eating, how they're feeling, how it's affecting their body, not just as they eat it, but tomorrow, the next day, the next week. And like I said, they're smart. They click on and they catch on to this stuff so much quicker than adults do.
2: Yeah, I was just going to say that. Like kids actually probably know more about health than you do mean if I know more about their own body. Yeah, at least pre listening to podcasts and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like like really, they know how they feel and they can make those links between the foods. And and as an adult coming into Paleo, I've like worked really, really hard to have to train myself to like look for these links and, and figure out what the links mm. are between bad food and good food or um you know, things that make me tired and grumpy. I never would have attributed that to food before, but kids can somehow do that just so much better than we can.
0: Well, I, th- I think the key thing with the kids is they haven't learned the bad habits we've learned. They haven't learnt the misinformation that we've learned. Like they kind of just do things innately. And so they know, hey, I ate that food. I felt crap. That doesn't make sense to me. Why would I do that again? Like that, that just makes sense. That's logical to them. We've learnt so many bad habits. We've learned so much misinformation over years and decades of, you know, being taught it at school, with ads on TV. Like, you know, we just constantly bombarded with all this information that's kind of overriding our innate natural ability just to pick what's right and what's wrong and in many ways kids don't have that they're they're so in the present you know that they're not thinking about what happened in the past they're not thinking about what's going to happen in the future they're just so in the present that they just seem to get this stuff so much easier and innately and
2: that's not just about food either like think Mm. of all the phrases that we have like no pain no gain and (laughs) whatnot like adults are like we've seemed to train ourselves to put ourselves through bad situations and discomfort and stress and all of this stuff we've trained ourselves that that's okay but when a kid gets a sore stomach they don't want it again yeah like they they realize that that's something that's not making them happy and it's it means not they normal. yeah <laughs> and they can't go out and play with their friends and they can't like when they're not feeling well and that's something that as adults it's like suck it up you know like yeah. you can do it and, and that's just something kids don't it's we'll deal with <laughs> it's very self-destructive behavior in adults isn't it it's, yeah. just, it's mm. sad i've got um
1: you know a couple of stories of of seeing kids in practice and um one in particular i'm thinking of the most gorgeous kid ever and then one day he came in and he wouldn't get on the table he usually jumps up he's no troubles just absolutely going off throwing a bit of a tantrum, Um, and his parents who were paleo pointed out, you know, you went to that party and you ate that meat pie, you know, this is what's going on. To me, I I hadn't actually, I'd heard about it, reading blogs online, those changes in in children, but this was the first time I'd actually seen it, and it was really quite... quite obvious quite pronounced and you know other people even in the practice had commented about about those changes and that you know that it's it's so fascinating how quickly it can work um and it, just going back to the you know give them a reason of why they're eating this way because I know someone else I went to a party with um had a uh, two boys and um they were eating really healthy but what the little boy said to me was um my mum said that I can't eat this stuff rather than I don't yeah. want to because I feel sick. And that was really, so really boring. big. I, I, I picked up on that because I'd heard your story. And I thought, you know, this is great now while he's five years old, but I wonder what mm. it's going to be like in 10 years when he's 15 and a teenager and, you got know, and pushing those boundaries. Yeah. And yeah, that's right. And got
2: access to food at school that you can't control anymore. Mm. Yeah. Very different. Well, Again, we read um, an interesting, uh, from everydaypaleo.com, Sarah Fergoso's son, I think he's 16, um, actually wrote a guest blog post for for that blog. And you have to go check it out. So that was everydaypaleo.com. And it's his story. So it's her 16-year-old son's kind of interpretation of their family's switch to paleo. Mm-hmm. and And what really struck me was that his reason for being okay and happy with paleo was one of them at least was so cool. And it's not what you would expect as a parent, but it was just that paleo made him feel special and different and unique at school. <laughs> and that's so cool. Cause as parents, I think a lot of people worry, well, will my kids get teased? Will my kids feel left out? Will my kids, you know, you know, want to fit in, but In this particular instance, it was just so powerful to hear it from him and say that that was actually the reason that he liked Paleo.
1: Yeah, it's fascinating. As a... 12 year old I did the anti-candida diet and my mum faced a lot of repercussions from everyone around her except her own mum who told us to go anti-candida and um, and everyone was like you know what are you doing, you've got to give her a sandwich you got to let her eat this, you, you're depriving her and she held fast and I'm so so glad that she did but what was really interesting was when I went to school with my lunches all these pre-prepared lunches with veggies and things in them and you know different food, not sandwiches, not boring old sandwiches and a packet of crisps um, everyone was really jealous of my lunch and wanted in on it you know it's fascinating stuff
0: and and that is fascinating and i see the same thing with our kids right my kids go to swimming once a week right so go to this swimming pool and to be quite honest the food that gets served at the canteen at this swimming center is horrific like (laughs) in terms of food that you would nourish your kids it just blows me away that that is at a a fitness center somewhere you go to keep kids healthy and give them exercise it's it's terrible. And what gets me, well, there's two things that get me. One is that what Jana was just talking about, we actually take our own food because we're like, we're not eating that. So we go along there, I usually get like a cup of tea and then, and then we have our own food, right? And so, and our kids are having like apples and fruit and veggies and whatever, like nuts, all that sort of stuff. And so, but what happens is there are other kids there coming up like eyeing off Tom's apple, right? Because Tom's eating And they're like, oh, what are you got? Like, what are you eating? They're actually wanting it. And the kids on. The parents are like, oh, don't worry, I'll get you something. He's like a red raspberry jelly, you know? Mm. And the, the food is just amazing. But the kids want to eat the healthy stuff, which is point one. The, the second thing I want to talk about is... I don't get why these parents do it to themselves, right? And like, even if they didn't care at all about their kid's health, I don't get how the parents don't see the connection because I can guarantee you that kid eats that red jelly and 10 minutes later, they're in the playground going nuts, right? They're like yelling, they're screaming, they're hitting other kids. They're like just out of control. And I think, you know, as a parent, I don't want to have to deal with that. Like, my, I'd rather have my kids, like not spiking out of control on sugar, actually being able to control themselves being able to play nicely i mean not saying my kids are perfect but but like the link between what they're eating and their behavior immediately afterwards i'm like don't you see that like don't you get that that you're just making this hard on yourself
1: yeah and that's a a similar story to um the paleo parents story with their their boys one of them was getting in trouble at school and you know he would before he knew it be sitting on someone's head down in the gravel and they didn't he (laughs) he did not have the control that he should have as a child and once they cleared up his diet and got him on doing paleo no more outbursts like that um you know i don't know if anyone's seen jamie oliver's food revolution but i highly recommend it that's a really good uh documentary series um he's not quite paleo i wish he'd just (laughs) turned that corner he's so so close though and it's definitely coming back to eat real food um And that's a really interesting look at teenagers or, you know, older children and and the food that's given to them at school and what they want. And they definitely all wanted better food, which is, you know, like we're saying, kids know what is better for them and they want it. It's just not that they're not given the option, which is so sad.
0: Yeah. And I think the next thing I really want to talk about is I think a lot of the time parents and people think that. If you're not feeding your kids these foods, they're going to be missing out. Like, they're just going to be so missing out on all this yummy, delicious stuff, and they're going to feel left out, and they're going to feel... that The reality is that's actually just not true. Like, this is the, our perception that we have in our head. It's kind of like the story we've told ourselves. In reality, my kids have heaps of foods that they absolutely love eating. They have their, like, foods that are, like, you know, really special and yummy, and, you know, they have their own favourite recipes. It's just different to what the other kids have. But it doesn't mean they don't enjoy it. It doesn't mean they don't love it. It doesn't mean they don't think it's special. They just eat slightly different stuff, and you can still make them all sorts of really fun, interesting stuff. It can be bright colours. It can be different flavours. It can be different textures. They can have pie. They can have cakes. They can have like all sorts of different stuff. It does. They don't. My, I can guarantee you, my kids don't feel like they're missing out. They're just eating slightly, and in fact, they don't even know they're eating different stuff. To be honest.
1: Yeah, and it's you know, it's a question of. I suppose that delayed gratification again, you know, missing out on what missing out on something right now in this moment mm. or missing out on diabetes and heart disease when
0: they're older, which yeah. would
2: you prefer they yeah. miss out or,
0: or on? even just feeling tired and grumpy tomorrow yeah, it's exactly missing out
2: right. on time with their friends. Cause they need a nap. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, so we've, we may be ranted a little bit in this episode <laughs> because this is something we're so passionate about and we mm. just really, it does frustrate us a little bit, but, um, we, we need to give you some positive
0: things here. <laughs> Well, I, I just think it's really important we just talk for a little bit. We, we've sort of started this episode as, you know, is paleo healthy? And I think it's really important just to cover off that, you know, if your kids are eating a paleo diet... They are getting all of the nutrients they need, in fact they're getting a whole lot more nutrients than if they're eating like the standard Australian or the standard American diet. Yeah, uh, not
1: to mention just because it's in the food, but because they're not getting the grains that are going to actually deplete their body of those nutrients. Exactly, yeah. exactly.
0: So they're getting more of the food that's higher in the nutrients, has better nutrient density. They're definitely going to be getting enough calcium, right? they're going to be getting that <laughs> through their vegetables, particularly their leafy green vegetables. So you know they they're going to be getting all of the things their body requires there's nothing in grains that your kids bodies require that they can't get elsewhere um, there's not a lot in grains full stop in terms of nutrient and nutrient density right so you just don't need to worry that your kids aren't going to develop well i mean honestly my kids are growing and developing just beautifully like they you know i people stop me and go what are you doing with your kids like your kids are so nice they're so cool they seem really settled like what's going on And it's just because they're just, it's just normal. And and this is what I want people to get, is that that sort of behavior, that sort of growth, that sort of development, that's not extraordinary. That's just normal. That's how kids should be. And I think it's really important for people yes. to understand.
2: I don't know the pictures of uh, the amount of pictures of Charlotte at work. I think that you do kind of think that they're extraordinary. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, no, but and, and one quick point to touch on is that, again, this is not just about food. Like we're looking at the activity levels and the fitness of your kids and the mindset. Like, do your kids get enough, like, um, stimulating time to themselves or time to be creative or time to play? Like this is all part of paleo. Um, but Brett to finish it off why don't you give us a couple of your kids favourite meals or okay um,
0: um, well look I think most of the time with the stuff we feed our kids is pretty simple like, like you know we'll start our kids in the morning and they'll just be having like nuts they'll have eggs they'll have some fruit they'll have some veggies I think probably most people would look at the kind of breakfast we give our kids and go, that's not breakfast. (laughs) And that's kind of a typical paleo kind of thing, right? But it's just, it doesn't matter what meal it is, just give them real food, right? So it's not processed stuff, it's made from home. A lot of the time it's just whole food, right? It's just like we'll give them an apple and let them munch on it, you know, and and do that from a really young age. Let your kids like self, if you look up self-led weaning, you know, let your kids start to experiment with eating those solid foods themselves and you'll be amazed at how easily and how simple that transition is um but you know our kids love things like you know we'll do like um you know omelets we'll do um you know we'll bake up like uh you know quiches, obviously you know baseless quiches. um I'm trying to think. I mean, you know, a lot of you know, we do fun stuff with the kids. So we'll do desserts with like blueberries and coconut milk, and you know, we'll have you know, we went up to the campfire the other night. We did you know, baked apple, uh, no, baked pears in the campfire stuff with nuts and sultanas. Like I promise you, they don't feel like they're missing out. <laughs> um, and most of the time, it's like just simple stuff. Um, obviously, lunches are a bit trickier because you can't have the nuts in there when they're going to kindy. So we do a lot more egg sort of based stuff to get that protein in there. Um, and, and dinners really it's like meat and veg one of the things I do want to touch on is like when you go out to a restaurant and people are like yeah but what do you do when you go to the restaurant I'm like well we just order an adult's meal and split it between the kids ask for an extra plate whatever you do don't order what's on the kids menu because yeah, <laughs> the, the, most of the kids menus are just disgusting and I can't believe they even would put it there as a kids menu like I just find it revolting And so, just order real food, order like meat and veg, and then split it between the kids.
2: Yeah, that was exactly what I was just going to say. Like, when was the last time you went into an Asian restaurant that had a kid's menu? Like, so many cultures around the world feed the kids the same thing as the adults you don't have to make multiple meals like everyone eats together as a family and and we spoke about setting
0: an example before right the perfect example your kids eat what you eat It's simple as that
1: see i was just gonna say i grew up in malaysia and when they did have a kid's menu on the asian food menu it was western crap spaghetti bolognese (laughs) and hamburgers and chicken nuggets so you know (laughs) it's not part of their culture it doesn't need to be part of your child's culture either and you know i think to me this is all about building a generation of a healthier population of human beings but a healthier world as well and Mm. so you know we have to start at that ground level it's it's something that is safe for your kids and you're really not depriving them we should be doing it for the for the benefit of our future generations
0: yeah and i think that's definitely why i'm so passionate about this stuff like I want to grow a healthy community of kids that my kids are going to grow up with. I want to create a healthy environment around my kids and I think that's really important that then all the other kids, I want to share this with as many people as possible, there's like a healthy world for these kids to grow up in. That's really important to me.
1: Yeah, wouldn't it be great if eating healthy and being you know, paleo and not eating this crap stuff was normal, not... Yeah. What's not a saying? standalone. When your
2: kids get to the dating world they don't have to worry about finding like a paleo girl, <laughs> 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 um, I brought home a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> the kind who only eats grains. <laughs> well, guys, look this is, like we said, this is really our passion, creating a better world for the future. It sounds corny, but it really is true. And, and this is where you guys can really help us out with that. So we have a Facebook page with a really great community, and I guarantee you there are hundreds of parents on that Facebook page. So post your suggestions, and other parents like post your questions, and it's a really dynamic community where you can feed off of each other, no pun intended Um, so look until next week check us out on Facebook share your story and help to grow the paleo tribe worldwide this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch
0: subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter thewellnesscouch streaming wellness into your lives hi Dr. Brett Hill from the wellness guys here I've just returned from emceeing the Mind Forum in Sydney and I have to tell you, the information presented was absolutely amazing. We had internationally renowned speakers including Dr. Martha Herbert and Nora Gagaudis presenting and it just blew me away. But as I looked around at the 500-odd people in attendance, I had to wonder how much of this is actually going to be put into action. Now, if you want to convert information into knowledge and intention into action, then you simply must be at the Wellness Breakthrough in Melbourne on the 14th of June. The three wellness guys in Karen Smith are going to get down and dirty and help you break through the next level of your mind body and soul. Tickets are just $97, but up until the 1st of June, they're just $50, and you can bring a friend for free. So to book your seats, go to thewellnesscouch.com and click on events. We can't wait to see you there.